Christ today. What an awesome God. You may be seated for just a moment and thank you so much for being here. No doubt, as we already heard, the weather outside is frightful, but it is improving. And thank you for braving what was snow for me when I got up and it turned to rain by the time I got here. But thank God for the privilege to be in his house, amen. Thank God for the privilege to be in his house. This is probably dangerous to say publicly, but we may get out of this winter without winter. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. And so thank you for being here. And I know there are some that are worshiping online. We're glad for that. I know it was mentioned already, but these young people have blessed us today so beautifully, so powerfully. What an awesome job. They're going to be coming back at 12 noon, I understand. And uh, it's just going to get better and better. I believe God's going to use these students in ways that are above and beyond what we ask or think. And I believe you'll hear testimonies of God using them uh, as a group, certainly individually, but as a group, you're going to hear of God using them in ways that are supernatural. I, I believe anything is possible when we give ourselves to Jesus Christ. Amen. And then I have to say, you, you may have already seen this on social media, but our quiz team is just blowing and going. Just about every week they have another tournament. I think they're getting paid now. I hope they're getting paid at least minimum wage because they're studying and working thousands of hours, and that's probably not an exaggeration when you add it all up. They went to a tournament this past weekend, Saturday, and they were undefeated. And they finished first, of course. We honored them for that. Faith, would you stand? Ben, would you stand? We're thrilled for these students. Wow. You may be, and, and they don't always have to win for us to be proud of them, amen? Because they are putting the word of God in their hearts, and we thank God for that. I wonder if you would stand and turn with me to the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. I'm so thankful for those that minister on Wednesday and Sunday. We have some men and women of God that are so mightily used to the Lord. And so I say that to say this, I never take for granted the privilege of preaching here. God can use anybody. And I'm thankful that he allows me to be used. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, it says, Now it happened in the process of time. And we could take a lot of time talking about that. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned. Would you say that like you're groaning? Groan. Some of y'all are familiar with that, right? Sister Dawn, does he groan way more now than he did a few years ago? Just a little bit. She is so gracious. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant. That's awesome, isn't it? God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledge them. I want to preach for a little while. Uh, some of y'all will be familiar with this phrase. 
get out of jail free card. Get out of jail free card. I've got some cards with me today. I don't know everybody's personal problems, but I will give out a few of these cards. And uh, we're supportive of you no matter what they're saying about you. <laughs> That'll make everybody check out social media the rest of this message. Who, who's he talking about? God wants to set somebody free today. That's what I'm talking about. Would you ask the Lord to speak to us right now? God, we need your word to flow mightily. Just like your presence has flowed throughout this service, we need your word to flow in Jesus' name. I love you and I thank you for it, oh God. I love you and I praise you for it, oh God. I honor you and believe you for a special deliverance here today. I love you and I trust you for a special miracle here today. One more time, let's clap our hands or lift our hands and thank the Lord for setting us free today. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. God bless you. you may be seated. I am so thankful for day, today for a God that hears our cry, for a God that remembers his promise, for a God that acknowledges us certainly as a church, but as individuals in particular. You serve a God that hears your cry. You serve a God that remembers his promise to you. You serve a God that acknowledges you in your need. Out of a burning bush, God spoke to Moses and he said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people which are in Egypt. I've heard their cry. He goes on to say, I know their sorrows. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and large land to a land flowing with milk and honey. I am not preaching about this today, but I like to insert it right here. I thank God for this land, but God is bringing us to a good land and a large land, and I just want to make sure you heard it from the pulpit as much as possible. He is a prayer answering God. He remembers us when we cry, and he remembers the promise that he makes to his people. I know their sorrows. I am bringing them out of bondage. I'm not just bringing them out. I'm bringing them in to promise. And so we're going to leave this land of Egypt and Goshen in particular. And we're going to a good and a large land. I know it sounds almost silly, but it's as if God would say to Israel, I'm going to give you a get out of jail free card. Remember, he said, it's the God of Abraham, I Isaac and Jacob that's talking to you and could I just insert there he wasn't even claiming to be their God in one sense in other words he wasn't relying on the relationship that they had with God currently he was simply being God 
But I think that's important because sometimes we disqualify ourselves from what God wants to do for us because we feel like we haven't been everything he wants us to be. God said to Israel in Egypt, I'm just going to do this because I'm God and I made some promises a long time ago and I've heard your cry, I've seen your sorrow and that's all that qualifies you for this get out of jail free card. I'm going to bring you out. That's my gift to you. You did not earn it. You certainly don't deserve it. But here's my gift to you. I'm going to set the captive free. Not because we have earned our freedom. Not because we deserve our freedom. But we have a God that is still God. And he's still in the deliverance business. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I know you will get it in just a moment, but I'm here to give out some cards today and I'm just saying it's not coming from heaven view, it's coming from Jesus Christ. If you're brokenhearted, here's your card. It's a get out of broken heart free card. If you're lonely, here's your card. It's a, it's a get out of loneliness free card and it's not because we deserve it. It's not because we've earned it. It's because he is God. Here's a get out of depression free card. Here's a get out of whatever your need is card. And God has given it to us not because we've earned it, not because we've deserved it, because he, is there anybody that ever has found a God in your life that when you needed deliverance, oh, here he comes with his grace, with his mercy. Oh, let's love the Lord today. God's got a card for the brokenhearted. God's got a card for the poor. God's got a card for the captive. God's got a card even for the blind. God's got a card even for the oppressed. Praise God. For those of you in the back, these are actually church cards. <laughs> Some of y'all was fixing to storm the platform. I just got a speeding ticket. Could I have one of those? <laughs> my, that's not me. That's you. I used to speed a lot, and then I, I just couldn't afford it. Now I just obey. Let's stop right here. Wouldn't it just be great never to get a speeding ticket? I might be working in the gifts of the Spirit right now. <laughs> I got about a thousand church cards today, and I'm going to give them to people that I know will give them out to other people. But when you give them out to other people, don't give them out like it's a church card. You know what I'm saying? Give them out like it's a get out of jail free card. In other words, this week when you talk to someone that's lonely, why don't you say, I got a card for you. You say, is it that easy? All I know is the presence of God that is here today is so powerful that if we could get somebody lonely in here, God, God, where's Brother Roman? He'd give these cards out like they're candy. 
There you go, but I'm giving you twice as many as I gave everybody else. Because even if you're just a young child and you find out that someone has a grandma that's sick or an aunt that's in the hospital, just give them a card and say, you know what? I have a God. He's still a healer. I have a God. He's still a prayer answering God. I have a God. He still delivers. The Spirit of the Lord is still upon the church. The Spirit of God is still working in his people. And if we can just get him to the house of God. Oh, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Some of y'all, I don't see her here. She usually comes in the afternoon service. Her name is Gloria. Some of y'all have met her. Sister Gloria is such a sweet, godly lady. Just this past Wednesday, I'm so glad because I needed something to preach on Sunday. She saved me on bacon. I'm not for bacon if you're against it. I I hope I didn't distract you. She showed me a church card. It wasn't one of these cards. These are new. In fact, they're actually old. We'd like to get rid of them. That's why I'm giving them out today. We don't want to throw them away. We'd like for you to give them to people that need God. But she she showed me a church card. And on the front was a picture like that of Heaven View. And on the back was scribbled the name Daniel Hippolyte. And the service times, they're actually the wrong times because we don't have service at those times anymore. But she said, three years ago, he gave me this card. And I've kept it for three years. And a few weeks ago, she said, this was her words, I was just coming to check y'all out. But she said, when I went up to the altar, I was filled with the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. I love, I love what she said next. She said, I wasn't expecting that. If you give out a card, it's not really what they're expecting that matters. It's what you're expecting that matters. If you give out a card because you're just thinking, well, I get, got to get pastor off my back. That, that's not how you want to give out these cards. You want to give out these cards with an expectation. There is a God that cares about the groaning. There is a God that hears the crying out in these last days. There is a God that wants to heal people. There is a God that wants to rescue people. There is a God that wants to save people. And there's a get out of jail free card. It's not just a a church card. It's an invitation to the presence of God, to the holy of holies, to the healer's house, to the blesser's house, to the deliverer's house. Hey, Jesus is still in the saving business. Jesus is still in the healing business. Jesus is still in the deliverance business. How do you know he delivers? I know he delivered me and he's still delivering you. Oh, let's clap our hands. Let's lift our hands. Let's shout unto God. Oh, hallelujah. Not because we've earned it. Not because we deserve it. But he just hears our cry. He still remembers his promise. And he'll acknowledge you. When Jacob and his sons joined Joseph in Israel. They were about 70 people strong. Their families added up to just a small tribe of people, if you will. I guess in theory, that would be 12 tribes. 
but you know what I mean. They come into Egypt, and Pharaoh gives them the best of the land, the land of Goshen. Why did they come there? Well, there was a famine in the land of promise. There was a famine in the place where they thought they were going to be blessed perpetually. And it led them into Egypt. And so, goodness of God, they don't just live on the other side of the tracks in Egypt. Pharaoh gives them the best of the land. Isn't that great that even in Egypt... God can bless his people no matter what's happening around them. You know, in our country right now, it's kind of good to know that he's still God no matter what's happening in the economy, no matter who's large and in charge. We're the people of God, and we can expect that he will bless us. That's no disrespect to our nation. We thank God for our nation, just like this message is not a disrespect to the nation of Egypt. But in Bible times, uh, Egypt is situated in such a way to represent the people of God being ripped out of their promise and placed into another land. In fact, I just want to tell you real quick without taking all the time to quote all the scriptures, recognize this, that when they got to Goshen, they didn't stay there for a few weeks or a few months, but it was several hundred years that they were living in Goshen. And for the most part, you could almost call Goshen like a suburb in Egypt. It was a good place to live. It was a good place to raise your family. It was a good place to have your marriage and your kids and your grandkids. But something changed when there arose a king or a pharaoh that didn't remember that these were the people of God, that didn't remember that these were the people of promise. And after a few hundred years or more, some say maybe as few as 200 years, some say over 400 years, but a Enough time has passed that the people of God do no longer think about milk and honey. They no longer think about a land of promise. They no longer think about a place that God has prepared for them. And so God, I know we don't like this about God. He allows their nest to all of a sudden for the feathers to be plucked out. He allows for their comfort zone to be interrupted until now what was a nice place to live and die becomes a place of misery and slavery and bondage if you will and God allows it to happen for one very important reason I need them to stop focusing on the here and now and start thinking about over yonder and so God allows them to go through trouble and trials and storms and tests why so that they would begin to grow and they would begin to cry out we need a savior we need a deliverer we need a God to rescue us I feel like that's where we are right now as a church in our generation in the west in the US and Canada but even in western Europe we are a people that have enjoyed the blessings of God enough that we could actually just settle here, live and die, and forget about the sweet by and by. But God has allowed some things to shift over the last few years 
And in that shifting, we have started praying more and seeking God more, getting in the word more. I feel like God has allowed us to begin to realize we are almost feeling a little bit of that bondage, that little bit of that sense that, wow, this is not such a happy-go-lucky place anymore. This is not the land of my dreams anymore. This is not just the place where everything just works out. No, 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 there must be a, a better place. There must be a, another place. There must be a promised place. I'm saying as a church, the kingdom of God in our generation has reached a place where God has allowed suffering and allowed heartbreak so that the groanings and the cry could position us for a breakthrough, for a breakout, for an outpouring, and for a trumpet blast that the Lord is coming soon for his people and so my brothers and sisters don't let the suffering or the sorrow alarm you if anything let it awaken you we need Jesus like never before we need revival like never before we need breakthrough like never before why because there is a promise that awaits us that's far better than Goshen that's far better than here and now we need heaven Praise the name of the Lord. I'm not a big fan of suffering. I'm not a big fan of groaning. But I do want to go where God is leading us. In fact, personally, as I look back over my life, the times that I have sought God with a little bit more intensity has been when I needed him just a little bit more than just the average. Things are going pretty good. And I have often said to the Lord, and you've heard me say it, God, I want to be one of those people that prays without needing a problem to make me pray, that seeks your face without needing heartbreak to force me to seek your face. But I've had to repent and say, God, it's all over the place in your word. I can't ignore it any longer. I know what it's like to pray and check the box. I know what it's like to read my Bible and check the box. But I know what it's like for groaning to come. I know what it's like for crying to come. And God, I've reached the point where I've just said whatever it takes for me to get where you're leading me. Whatever it takes. I want to rebuke the attitude of the enemy that places in our heart this sort of idea that if you're groaning, if you're suffering, it's because God is mad at you or because God has forgotten about That, that is never the case. You've got a God that always hears your cry that always hears and feels the groaning. He is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So I'm just saying to you, wherever there is cause for groaning, wherever there is suffering that leads to crying, please let it move you into the presence of God with an awareness. Wait a minute. He's about to bring me out of this so he can bring me into this. He's about to bring me out of bondage so he can bring me into promise. He's 
about to bring me out of sorrow so he could bring me into promise. My brothers and sisters, let us not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing. The inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction which is but for a moment. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen. I feel pressure on every side, but I'm not crushed. I am perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I am persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I am struck down, but I'm not destroyed. And for some of us, and I speak more for you than for me because God has protected me. But it seems like we are always caring about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus may be manifest in our body. In other words, God allows us to grow through stuff that makes us feel weak. That makes us feel broken. That makes us feel like we cannot rely on our own thinking, our own abilities, our own resources. But what does that do when we turn to Jesus Christ all of a sudden he begins to live in us and work in us on a level that could never happen if we didn't know suffering if we didn't know I wish somebody would hear a word from God today he's giving you a card today it's a get out of suffering free it's a getting out of sorrow free I know the suffering and the sorrow is heartbreaking and painful but it's not your destination it's not the end of your story God is bringing you out. Bring you in. Praise God. Praise God. Your story is not going to end in bondage. Your journey is not going to end in suffering. The cross of Jesus Christ has purchased promises for us. If you believe in the cross... Would you just raise your hands for a moment and say, by his stripes, I'm still healed. Because of the cross, I'm still forgiven. In your own words, would you say that? Because of Calvary, it's not going to end this way for me. Because of the blood that was shed, there is victory in my future. There is brokenness right now. There is heartbreak. There is suffering. There is confusion. But I look to the cross and I see my Savior who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Isn't that how we feel sometimes? I despise this pain. I despise this depression. I despise this heartache. I despise this loneliness. I despise this addiction but I see a joy in my future I see a promise in my future so I'm going to cling to the old rugged cross until God brings me out of bondage and brings me into glory you say in Jesus name in Jesus name God is bringing us to a better place God is bringing us to a better place. How many of you have a happy place? Maybe it's a couple weeks of vacation on the beach. Huh? Maybe it's Disney. Maybe it's when the husband goes out of town, you get a little peace and quiet. I don't know what your happy place is. I don't have a husband, so I can't relate to that. 
But whatever your happy place is, there is a better place. And I think before all the mess we've been through the last few years, we had a few places that were so happy that heaven didn't have to happen. But hasn't that changed? Now there's something that says, I've got to see Jesus. I've got to see Jesus. There's nothing in this world holding me back. I got to see Jesus. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. My brothers and sisters, there is a place where there is no tears, no sorrow, no sickness, no death. Won't it be wonderful there having no burdens to bear? And sometimes he allows us to go through stuff so that we might turn our hearts towards him but please whatever you're going through I've got a card for you today don't let that process don't let that pain don't let that struggle become your address don't let that become your life don't begin to believe that it's never going to get any better don't believe the lie that your marriage isn't going to be stronger don't believe the lie that your ministry is never going to flourish it's a lie God has allowed the suffering God has allowed the brokenness so that you would turn to him and in your groaning in your groaning in your crying out he would say I've got a card for you here's the peace here's the joy here's the hope here's the promise I've never stopped loving you and what I'm giving you right now is not based on what you deserve it's not based on what you've earned but I went to the cross so that I could rescue you from from the fear, from the anxiety, from the depression, from all that this world is throwing at you. Praise God. Praise God. Body, soul, spirit. Body, soul, spirit. If we talk about the reasons why we groan, the reasons why we cry, body, soul, spirit. I was giving Brother Paul a hard time because most of his groaning is because of his body. He's not going to be able to take care of all of that just speaking in tongues. He's just old. <laughs> There's got to be a cream for some of those groanings. I don't want to get into all your personal business. There's HIPAA laws and all that. But, but don't accuse me in this message of neglecting body, soul, spirit and acknowledging that when you're sick you ought to go to the doctor. And if you are so broken emotionally and you need therapy you shouldn't be embarrassed about that. I would guide you to an apostolic counselor because unfortunately some people in the world that are gifted in psychology they don't focus on the spiritual because some don't even believe in the spiritual and in fact it's not their fault but in some cases they will deconstruct the spiritual part of your life assuming that's why you're groaning that's why you're crying at least with an apostolic counselor they're not going to deconstruct your faith in God they're not going to deconstruct the power of the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me today? Yes. 
So don't mislabel this message. If we just speak in tongues, everything will be better. Let me tell you something. There are some needs that are so great that some people in this room have found out, wow, that surgeon was pretty talented. And since God didn't do the work just supernaturally, thank God the surgeon was there. Does that make sense? And so we understand that there are emotional challenges that cause us to reach out to people that are uh, gifted and educated and capable. But you need people that acknowledge body, soul, spirit. And no matter how many doctors you see, no matter how many pills you take, there needs to be something inside of your soul that looks to the Word of God for a spiritual solution. I'm not discrediting the doctor. Don't, don't misunderstand or criticize what I'm saying here. But as passionate as you are about going to this specialist and checking out that specialist, please, let's get all the help we can get, but let's not miss an opportunity to get in the presence of God and groan and cry and say, this is not where it's going to end for me. This is not where it's going to end for me. My God has promised me I'm coming out of sickness and I'm going into promise. I'm coming out of depression and I'm going into promise. I'm coming out of bondage. I've got a card for that. Praise God. I love the people in our church. I love everybody. But I love the people in our church that model for us. I, I know more people's stories than probably some of you know. And I've seen people under the care of a physician and thanking God it's a good one. But every chance they get to come to the altar for prayer for healing, they're right there. I believe you're going to heal me, God. Do these things have to be in competition? Do these things have to be against each other? I don't think so. But I think sometimes in the world that we're living in, one of the things that has been deconstructed by COVID, all the rest, is, you know, just going to church and getting everybody to pray for you. That, that was good back then, but it's not going to work anymore. We already have seen that things are different now. I don't believe that's the case. I just don't believe that God has forgotten his promise. I don't believe the God of Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't believe the God that you served for so many years, the God of your family, the God that brought you into the world and out of sin. I don't believe that God has given up on you. I don't believe that God has forgotten and God forbid. I don't believe that God is saying, you don't deserve it. You haven't earned it. No way, no how. Too bad, so sad. That's not the God we serve. Everybody stand. And so I'm desperate for you to get one of these cards today. And the minute somebody this week, the minute somebody this week, would you help me? Uh, Milana, you take some of these. And uh, Malia, you take some of these. Your name's got to start with an M. <laughs> Maudem, you take some of these. Majessica, you take some of these. And y'all spread out two on this side of the pulpit, two on the other side of the pulpit. Face the crowd. Notice I didn't go to the guys because y'all are way better looking than the guys. Spread out a little bit. So, Maudem, you're over here. Majessica, you're over here. Malia, you're over here. Milana, you're over here. I'm getting old. I almost forgot her name. 
you're going to need some more because this side over here, they believed everything I preached today. You're going to need some more because this side over here, they believed everything I preached today. In the middle, I'm not so sure, so you're okay. We're just kidding. Two things. I want you to come to the altar and grab a card and hold it up and say, God, I believe this is going to set somebody free. When I give it to somebody that's broken, when I give it to somebody that's sick, they're going to come to church in the next couple weeks or it may be three years. I don't know how long. But God, I believe something's going to happen because I still believe the presence of God is the answer. I believe the presence of God is the answer. And then when you come and take that card and you begin to pray for that person, whoever it is, you may know who they are, you may not know. Then I want you to begin to say, and God, you know the parts of my life right now that are making me groan. You know the parts of my life that are making me cry out. And God, I'm just worshiping you because I know you're bringing me out of bondage and you're bringing me into promise would you come quickly come on we got a few minutes here before we've got to get ready for the next service would you come quickly and would you say I'm coming to the altar because I'm going to take a card I'm going to give that card to somebody that needs to get out of bondage that needs to get out of heartache that needs to get out of sickness but then I'm also going to praise God come on don't don't cloud the don't don't crowd the aisles come in as close as you can so people can come in behind you come in come in as close as you can so people can come in behind you Come on, move in as close as you can. Come on, make sure you grab a card. Come on, make sure you grab a card. Make sure you grab a card. We don't want any cards left. And raise it up and say somebody's going to be set free when I invite them to heaven. Somebody's going to be set free when I let them know about a God that loves and a God that heals and a God that helps. Somebody's going to be set free. Come on, everybody, seek the Lord right now. Everybody, seek the Lord right now. Everybody, seek the Lord right now. Why are you seeking the Lord? Because I'm going to give this card to somebody. I'm going to give this card to somebody. I'm going to give this card to somebody. And it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. The Holy Ghost still makes a difference. There is still peace in the presence of God. There is still love and joy in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give somebody a get out of bondage free card. Get out of sickness free card. Get out of loneliness free I'm going to give it to them. And God's going to do the rest. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For you, Come on, if you have a sickness, raise your hands and begin to praise the Lord for bringing you into promise. If you've got a depression or a loneliness or a financial challenge, raise your hands and begin to praise God. You're bringing me out of bondage and you're